Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb. And with me as always is Craig. And this is it. This is it. This where's, is the, where's the fight song? Oh, I, I've been working on some different stuff. So here's some. Uh, we might get some feedback uh, from you guys. Um, Skype went ahead and did something stupid. So we can't record like we normally do. So if you guys see a noticeable difference and like it's a problem or something, my guess is the only difference hopefully you'll hear is that might be a little bit, uh, the volume might be a little bit lower than normal. So you might just have to turn up a little bit. But I was busy working on that before we got started and it didn't even do what it was supposed to do. So I didn't have anything ready, unfortunately. So, so, so blame. We always wing, kind of wing this anyway, so we yeah, end up sounding stupid and idiotic at times, but, you know, yeah, we, get a lot, yeah. we get a lot of listeners will let us know that anyways, so that's all good. Yeah, so if you if you do notice something different, uh, let us know. We'll be curious. Yeah, man, this is, this is it. I mean, it's, man, it feels like it's been forever, hasn't it? Man. Oh, yeah. It does, I mean, really, it feels like it's been, like, years. Kind of strange like that, but. Yeah, I don't know. Can you hear that? No. Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure, because normally I don't play things through the computer directly, so I'm trying to play. There we go. There's a little bit of band music there in the background. You can't hear it, but everybody else nope. can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can't hear it. I'm fine over here, because it's all about me. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, sir, this is, there's some, man, this fan base is just pumped, aren't they? Chomping at the bit, man. Chomping at the bit. I mean, we're talking about people that can't sleep. I mean, they're not even sleeping well. Yeah. I mean, they're like up. They're like sleeping for maybe an hour and then they're up again. They're like rat, rabbit and stuff. It's good yeah. to see, though. You know why? I think it's because they, you know, this team, it's this, this is something special, I, I think. New, you know, new staff, new things, new things happening. I think that's why. But, man. Well, I think it's a combination of how last year ended and then to, uh, what yeah. things expect yeah, for this yeah. year that makes it a little bit more. Um, so, I, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, it, it seems like it's been forever, and everybody's hyped. I'm just excited for college football in general. Last weekend was great. Uh, that Hawaii-Colorado State game was a lot of fun. Yeah, Northwestern's tomorrow night, right? Yep, there are a couple games tomorrow night, and then there are game, there's games Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. Well, and if then they're listening to this, it's today. Yeah, and then so there's at least one game on Sunday. And I think there's a couple games on Monday too. Wow. So it's five days of college football. Well, you know, it's even, you know, it's bad though. I have to say is I'm, you know, I told you, I think a couple times during podcast l- later on before this one, that I'm re- uh, redoing my whole living room. So I had to get up, you know, home theater going. I painted the walls. I'm getting a new couch, getting the floors done all this weekend. And here you are bringing up all this stuff, all this football, and I'm like, man, I'm not sure I'll be able to watch any. I mean, I'll have to go somewhere else. 
That's something you're supposed to do before football season. I know. I got the audio all going. I'm ready, but everything else is just going to be, yeah. I'll have to figure out. Figure out. I might have to go downstairs. You done messed up, AA Ron. That's right. I've done messed up. That's right. So. So yeah, well, I I know I'm gonna be watching the game. Um, well, you know what you would say, you would think that, hey, why don't you just go to a a neighbor, you know, neighborhood bar, you know, some kind of sports bar, right? Watch the game there, have a good time, have a beer, and just enjoy yourself. Well, problem is, guess where I live? I'm in East Lansing, man. There's hey. no enjoying Michigan anywhere around here. I could go to the bar, but they would have a Michigan State on, or they'd be booing them. So I can't really enjoy myself. I'd have to drive to Ann Arbor, so which is about an hour away. So yeah. you could choose where you live, man. You could just yeah. have a longer commute to work. <laughs> it's true. I know. That's true. I'm. Hey, I've I'm, I've thought about it. Yeah, I'm making the the dumb decision on moving during this yeah. time. So yeah, I mean, I it won't. It shouldn't be a problem for any of the games except for maybe one weekend. It might be tricky. Yeah. Um, because obviously there'll be one big moving weekend, but um, I'm not moving that far away, and I'm also moving closer to my work, so that's win-win bonus and all sorts of stuff with that. All all sorts of fun, but yeah. no fun will top the fun that will be had this weekend for all Michigan fans because uh, Michigan football is returning. Now, we find ourselves kind of in a unique position here. Uh, before we really get into the episode and start breaking things down, um, we're going to kind of backtrack because there was a voicemail. We did our preview episode last week, uh, season. Like, we didn't do a game preview. It was just the overall season for uh, 2018 with Rashawn Reeves. So it was a Blue Network episode. So we didn't take fun. voicemails. Yeah, well, that was a lot of fun. That's yeah. A lot, a lot so of people uh, um, always a good time connecting with uh, Rashawn, and so we didn't do voicemails. Love it. Oh yeah, yeah. he'll get he'll get you hyped. So. Oh yeah, he always does. It's great. And uh, so there was a voicemail from last week that we want to make sure that we get to uh, before things get started, and then we'll get into the preview, and then we have a couple voicemails towards the end. And speaking of voicemails, I apologize. Something went wrong with the voicemail system. I have no clue. Because uh, people, uh, some people were telling me that they had issues. I called it uh, one time and I got through to the voicemail. And then I was like, well, let me double check. I called again and I got through and I left the voicemail just to make sure. So I don't know what the issue was, if there was just like a certain period of time that wasn't working or what. So we'll see how things go this weekend. Hopefully some people will call after the game and give us some reactions and everything. And we'll see if it works and if it doesn't work, we might have to switch that too. Yeah. So thank you, Skype. Thank you, Google Voice. Thank you for making this all come together here at the beginning of the season. Can't have nice things, man. No, we can't. Well, it's also because we don't pay for anything. So <laughs> yeah, that would be true too. Yeah. If we were paying money, I'd be really mad. So right. right. Good point. <laughs> all right. But uh, let's go ahead and jump over to the voicemail. Let me pull that up here uh, real quick. Uh, voicemail from last week. I'm actually not sure exactly what it covers, but let's go ahead and give that a listen here real quick. What's going on, fellas? Um, it's Stephen Brown, Twitter handle. 
I think it's Mr. Darrell of 1980. Or at Mr. Darrell 1980. I don't know what it is, man. Um, so I'm leaving Bible study, and Urban got three games. Huh? The AD also got suspended. Gee, I wonder for what. Since since they did everything properly, but you know that's here nor there. Now we can you know put this past us and um, get ready for you know Michigan to beat the brains in. I, you know, I want to I want to see the, the the difference in the mindset when Michigan beats them because a lot of fans are going see they they value wins over anything else, which is fine, and losses, which is fine. But I want to see how how the fans react when Michigan wins on the field. See, they they're going to want Urban out for losing to Michigan as opposed to this whole fiasco and that independent. I mean, three members of the board of trust. I mean, come on, man. Three members were, were, were Ohio State alums, and, and that, this was the biggest sham, man. But it's cool, though. It's cool. What's done is done. I'm excited for Michigan football. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. they got Shea Patterson coming in as a quarterback against Notre Dame. That's a beating for the Irish. Um, you know, I fully expect them to, to be in the playoff this year. I expect that Ohio State game to not only be for us, a chance at the Big Ten championship, but a chance at the playoffs. So, man, they maybe not. Maybe Ohio State would have lost a game or two by then. Who knows? Well, it would have to have been more than one game. So, two, who knows? But, you know, it's on the Michigan football now. Everything can get back to normal. Love to show y'all keep doing what y'all are doing. And listen, y'all support these guys, man. They take time out of the day. And this is to the fans listening. They take time out of their day to do this. They don't have to do this. You know, Michigan already um, has very minimal voices when it comes to um, podcasts and whatnot. So, y'all support Craig and Caleb. Um, these guys are good guys. They do do that job well. I'm not just saying that as a homeland. They're not even from Michigan. I'm just a Michigan fan. But they do this. They take time. They, they want to give the fans information, want to give the fans a voice. And that's that's the key thing. They want to give us a voice. We have the platform to call in. Y'all call in. Talk to them. They want to hear 551-258-3276. It's not that hard. It is what it is. You ain't even got to use a cell phone. Use a rotary phone. Use a pay phone if they still got them somewhere. But support these guys, man. They do an excellent job, man. Go Blue. All right, Steven. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And, you know, he makes a good point. Is He's absolutely right. Is If you call in... We're not going to interrupt you. You know, you're going to get your voice in, and we're not going. You know, it's not a sparring match back and forth. It's like everybody's passionate. Everybody's got their own opinions, and and whether you agree with it or not, that's okay, and it's okay to do that. But you know, we're not going to. You and I aren't going to interrupt somebody. We're just going to let them. You know, get it out there, and that's cool. That's what we do. Yeah, no, that that was a big part of the uh, podcast and everything was yeah. giving exactly what he said, giving people an opportunity to share their thoughts and everything. So yeah. we're thankful for the kind words from Stephen and we're thankful for him doing exactly that, sharing his thoughts. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what this platform is for. So use it if you can. That's great. You know, we'd like to get some more people. That'd be excellent. And, you know, and especially, you know, especially when Michigan does great, we want to hear it. We want to hear it when they don't do so great. So it's always a uh, passion we want to see. So, and Michigan fans are the, probably the most passionate ones out there. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep. Yeah, we'll, um, 
And so, yeah, he said it's easy to call into the uh, voicemail. Obviously, there were some hiccups this week, but uh, hopefully we get that running smoothly and no issues moving forward. But, yeah, by all means, if we get uh, a ton of voicemails, um, we've done it even before, I think, that we did mm-hmm. kind of like our own episode that was just basically taking voicemails. Um, and as for those of you people who have been listening to us for a long time, you know that during the season – we do a minimum of two episodes a week because we do a preview and a review or a recap of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at different points in time, we've actually done four episodes. Possibly even there was one week that we had five episodes. So by all means, um, you know, give us those voicemails. We'll work with them. Uh, we'll include them and all those things. Uh, we do ask you to try to keep it relatively pg-13 and try to keep it not too uh not too long those are kind of like the only two things that we look for um especially if we do start getting an increase in voicemails um the shorter more direct to the point will help with uh being able to build capacity for how many we take uh so thank you again Stephen, for that um yeah so real quickly before going into the game preview um, the whole Ohio state thing is a mess. Um, I don't know if I would label it catastrophe, but it's just, uh, a dumpster fire because, uh, if you guys have been noticing on social media, I think it was just today. Um, yeah. Zach Smith took the social media. He ain't going um, after everybody. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't know who he's talking to. And I mean, we know who his lawyer is, but we don't know if he's like getting advice from other people, but it's just like he had, he has had the, uh, a huge opportunity to try to save face and come out and say, you know, I'm very disappointed in this. This is not who I really am. Um, I'm, I'm sorry for any grief. This has caused anybody, uh, he doesn't even have to apologize directly to one person, but like he has, he had the opportunity to save face and right. then he comes out like a hurricane yeah. and leaves Twitter basically in a, a pile of wreckage for college football. And it's just like, so you really want us to believe that you're who uh, you're somebody different than what everybody's been saying. And all this evidence depicts you as. Yeah. And then to top it all off, it's like, let me put the little cherry on top and let me do a throwing a nice pic of my kids and i'm just like are you serious man you've already got millions of people that either agree with you or millions and millions of people who don't and think you're a sick guy and yet and then you're gonna throw your kids i don't think a lot of people knew what his kids look like anyways maybe outside you know columbus maybe they do but not anywhere but now they do yeah, and well, that, yeah. It's just ridiculous. I go, you know what? If it was me, I would have literally probably said something in a little statement like you just said after all this is said and done. You're fired. You're gone, right? And just, yeah. uh, I would have probably just jumped. Like, look, I would have jumped off uh, social media. I would just would have jumped. I would have just shut down and said, sorry, I really hurt a lot of people. My sincere apologies, and I'm going to jump off Twitter. And then you just let it go, and you let it be, and you move on. It, Twitter isn't everything. It isn't. And he just comes out, like you said, in a rampage, going after everybody. And then anybody who's even had anything to deal with, you know, 
domestic violence chiming in. He's he's barking at them, and I'm like, my God, it's enough. You're sounding like exactly what we thought you were. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then his family gets involved too, and it's just like if um, it, it's it's crazy because his lawyer seems to be almost exactly like he is because you've seen some oh. of the things that his his lawyer has done too, where he's super aggressive and super, yeah. you know major douchebag um and so it's just kind of like and then the thing with the kids it's just like i i saw that and i didn't even think of the aspect of he's posting a picture of his kids like oh my gosh you know this turns into something so much worse uh i as soon as i saw it, i was like honestly that is probably the dumbest thing because how do we even know that he was the one taking the picture Right. He could have gotten a picture off of his wife's Facebook page or something and yeah. screenshot it. Like there he's not even in the picture. So you don't even know if he's the one taking the picture. Yeah. And you don't know if it was a recent picture. You don't know You're if right. it was an old picture. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, technically, we don't even know if they're his kids, but I'm sure somebody would have called them out on it. But it's just kind of like this gains you no ground. Now, if you mention your kids and you say how this has negatively affected your family, that's something else about like, you know, quote unquote, supposedly worrying about your family and your kids. But picturing them and yeah, no, there's there's no good from that. And he's got, you know, and another thing he's got. And even before that, all this went down, he has he has brothers out there just just, you know, is just as bad as he is. So it's just like they aren't helping. And it's just like you said, it's like it's like a dumpster fire that just keeps happening. And I'm like, man, you know. You got to give it to Ohio State fans. They're sticking by their guns. But, man, this guy is just, you know, if I was a, if I was a fan, I'd just be like, shut up. Just please, just stop. If I was a fan, I would be so annoyed with how many oh. times the dialogue is changing. Yeah, it, it um, is. It totally and, then, and then one last thing that I'll say here before we get into the preview and everything of the Notre Dame game is – um. I do agree with Steven and really, really hope that we just smack them down in November. Yeah. Okay. And that, because uh, we have, we, it looks like we do have the opportunity to play Urban Meyer one more time, which I, you know, I, I personally think he should have been gone, but I mean, there's the part of me that's right. a little bit, I mean, I'm not, this is not at all a reflection on the whole domestic violence issue, but from the sport aspect, which is not, the more important one, but sports is what we're talking about right now. I like the opportunity to be able to beat him yeah, because we should have beaten him already or the team should have beaten him already. uh, And hopefully putting the smackdown on him, And it would, it would be funny to see him uh, leave the program and, you know, essentially for whatever reason they come up with, uh, because it, it could, I, I have a feeling, and I said this before, and I've said in some tweets, I may have said in our last episode, and I said it a while ago too. I have a feeling that something's going to happen this year with Ohio State that is going to dilute their season, even if it's a good season, that's going to dilute it. And here you go, here's this whole scandal thing before the season starts. And there's going to be some, there's going to be some kind of excuse that they have if we wind up being them in November, which of course there's multiple different things of how this scandal is affecting them and the program. Apparently Urban Meyer is taking medication that is affecting his memory. So, oh my gosh, wow. Now he can't coach as well as he used to, but how long has he been on the medication? The most absurd, dumb, 
idiotic thing I've ever heard. Um, so yeah, all this all this mess is piling up, but we'll see. We'll talk more about that in November. Obviously, as things progress throughout the season, if anything else major comes up, we'll probably discuss it. That also goes for Maryland, um, which I have not looked up and seen if anything else has progressed, but they are still having some of their staff on leave, right. and uh, they have a interim coach for the first game against Texas coming up here too. So lots of things going on, but... This is a Michigan football podcast, and this is the first preview of 2018, and we want to get to it. Yep, let's do it. So, sorry for that long intro, but there you go. There's an intro. All right, so, uh, where are we at here? All right, this Saturday number, night. Number 14, Michigan versus number 12, Notre Dame. At Notre Dame Stadium in Indiana. 4.30 p.m., folks. That's a long day. To whoa, wait. whoa, whoa. 7.30. 7.30. Yeah. Sorry. You're, you're, you're looking at West Coast time. Yeah, I am. Yep. So, yep, 7.30. It is a long day. So, yeah. And right now, the numbers that I have for it, I tried to find, like, some official best site to go to, but I'm just defaulting to what I use. The odds for this game changed. Mm, at the beginning, yeah. Michigan was favored, and now what I'm finding, there's they're some, right. yeah, they're back and forth. But the the default one I go to has actually Michigan, um, as the underdog in this game by one and a half points. So they are giving Michigan one and a half points at Notre Dame, the seven thirty kickoff with the over under. So the total score of forty six and a half points. Wow. We'll just okay. dis- we'll discuss that more when we do our predictions at the end. But there's the introduction to this game. Um, very interesting things. Uh, it is always it, it's always fun previewing the game, but it's always the most difficult to predict the first one because we are going off of nothing. Um, but yeah. let's let's go ahead and give some context here. Um, obviously Michigan coming in with. The uh, last year, a lot of youth. So this year, a lot more experience because more players stayed on. Uh, Huge uh, benefit from uh, the defensive side of the ball for Michigan. Great defense last year. Should still be a great defense this year, if not even better. Um, Experience and leadership on the defense. New quarterback, experienced quarterback, game-changing quarterback in Shea Patterson. Um, so that's big uh, experience at the running back. Um, yep. Now more experience at the wide receiver position than last year oh, uh, yeah. because players had the opportunity to play last year, but not um, seasoned veterans. I would say uh, Grant Perry is there, but not, yeah. not a, um, not a core, not a team of wide receivers with uh, a lot of veteran experience, but some experience there. I um, Yep, tight ends is another good one. Uh, We'll break it down a little bit more in depth and everything. O-line improvement. Mm -hmm. Um, So defense, strong point. Offense, improved. Now looking briefly, brief overview of Notre Dame. Notre Dame um, is kind of, they're considering it to be one of the greatest Notre Dame defenses in recent history. Um, like really recent history, not like program history, uh, long time, but 
Uh, so their defense is a strong suit for them. And I feel like it's uh, very similar for kind of what you saw, have seen things for Michigan recently where the defense has been the key because uh, for their offense, the things that they have going, uh, they lost some key offensive line players. Um, yeah. And they do have a quarterback coming back, but not the strongest quarterback. Probably the strongest thing that they have going for them on their offense, honestly, is their wide receiver core. Um, right. Because yeah. their uh, running back core took kind of a little bit of a blow. Uh, they had they lost one to either the graduation or the NFL draft last year. Um, but then here, here's the tricky thing is that um, they they have their running back, Dexter Williams, and he's was supposedly suspended. Um, and right. the rumor was going to be the first four games, but I don't know if it was ever. I, I, I was looking up things this week and everything. And so uh, for a while, everybody's been saying, oh, Dexter Williams is going to miss the beginning of the season. I never really uh, dug into exactly why or how, but something just came out of uh, South Bend yesterday where rumors floating around. Of course, some people could just be making it up because they, they really want it to happen. But rumors going around that Dexter Williams could potentially actually play for the Michigan game. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he was playing or not. Last last time I heard, like you were talking about, he wasn't. Yeah, I thought it was a for, uh, for sure thing that he wasn't. Uh, now, something small that is probably feeding into the rumors is that he tweeted uh, this week saying, I'm I'm going to run it. <sighs> okay, I, I this does not sound like me, so I got to read it a little bit slower. I'm going to run it up. I ain't tripping. And then the 100% um, – thing and hashtag count up so he's is it kind of him talking about the season or people are saying is he talking about this weekend right i have no idea that that's not a game changer um because he's not you know i mean he would be their best running back because they lost if he doesn't play their two experienced running backs from last season wouldn't be playing so essentially they're going to be playing someone fresh um and so I necessarily wouldn't say he's a game changer, but he definitely would add to their offensive effort. I just thought that was weird. I I, I don't know when, if they're going to announce it, what they're going to say about it. But I get right now I'm going to kind of assume because I think it would kind of be absurd if they went ahead and let him play when they were talking about as big as a four game suspension. Yeah, it's a little cryptic, I thought, when I read it. I went, eh, okay, what do you mean here? You know, so I'm not sure. Maybe it was meant to be cryptic. Maybe it was meant to be, I don't know. So, Yeah, so it, it's a little bit unusual. Nothing solid at all, but that did come out, and a lot of people have been talking about it. So that's kind of the general look at the two teams, just kind of giving you an idea of, you know, uh, Michigan coming out of uh, the two uh, 2018 offseason and Notre Dame coming off the offseason as well. Uh, some of the things moving with them. <sighs> Let's go ahead. What, what would you say the greatest asset for both teams are? And I have a feeling what uh, let's like, 
go offensively? What what do you think that they're going to have the most uh, success, both teams, Michigan and Notre Dame, uh, for offensively? Well, you know, I think right now you, if you look at their best player, if you think about it, on offense, and he's erratic passer. I mean, and he he does run a lot, and he, he he's pretty he's pretty accurate when he can, you know get coverage and do well and on the run is Winbush and he's he's pretty good and I would say a lot flows through him now he's going to cause Michigan problems because last year you have to think about it you take a lot of the uh, quarterbacks that were mobile really gave Michigan some fits he put you know take for instance uh, Lewerke he from Michigan State he's not the most mobile but when he is he you know he, he found the holes and he scored. He actually scored on a TV on us. And so those are the kind of players I think Michigan needs to be very, very um, aware of. Uh, so you're going to have to have that Viper out there ready uh, and scouting and getting ready for somebody like him. Um, so Wimbush is the one guy that scares me. And like you were saying, you know, it's tough to see um, where would you the running back um, – was going to be it, I think you were talking about. Dexter? Uh, Dexter, yeah. Whether he's going to play or not, that would be my other one. But like you said, it's so cryptic that I can't really answer that. So, but And then, of course, Michigan would probably be Shea Patterson on how well he's going to do and how well he's going to throw the ball. Um, like you said, if, no, if the Irish can get through that offensive line that you were talking about, Michigan having a tough time last year, but yet it's improved – and if the Irish can come in and give <laughs> the offensive line some havoc, I mean, that's where it starts getting really strange because of the very fact that Michigan has known, even from past years, that their offensive line had a tough time blocking on in passing. Now, Shea Patterson is much better thrower on the run than, obviously, a corn and Wilton Spate. So, um but if you think, if you kind of look at Shea Patterson, a lot of people look at his old miss days and say, hey, you know what? There's a guy who's erratic too. You know, he threw a lot of touchdowns, but then he threw a lot of interceptions. But if you think about it, a lot of those games Shea Patterson played in, they were playing from behind. And what happens when you play from behind? You're, you're usually gunning the ball and trying to score and, you know, throwing into tight windows and trying to get as much points as you can on the board to keep to keep up. And those are the reasons why he did throw a lot of interceptions at that time, and I understand that. So I kind of somewhat understand why he did that. But, um, yeah, I mean, kind of comes to uh, mistake prone. I mean, really – Wimbush is going to have a tough time this game because I think our defensive line is going to give him such problems. And if they if their offensive line can't block, it's if you think about it, Caleb, to answer your question, it's going to come down to offensive lines <laughs> and yeah. who blocks the best. And if you can't get any kind of blocking going for the passing game, it's going to be a long game and no one's going to score. So um, I think that's what it's going to kind of break down to. Okay. Yeah, I think um, I think for Michigan, I think this is going to be a good game to uh, lean on the running game, um, especially with the adjustments that have to be made because of losing Tariq Black, uh, moving uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones to the number one uh, receiver position and things like that. 
Um, right. So I think I think the strong suit for Michigan on offense, uh, I, I think, is going to be leaning on the um, running backs for this game. Uh, I don't necessarily know if they're going to run, run away with it, but I think that will work well with them. Um, you know, kind of grind, grind it out and everything, and then uh, create the opportunity f- to open things up in the passing game. So I, I feel like it's going to lean more on the running game for Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. Like there just might be more rushing yards. I don't know. Chances are it'll probably open things enough to uh, throw a bomb or two. So maybe that'll uh, even things out with the yardage and everything. But that's kind of my impression. Um, for Notre Dame, what they're going to go for is uh, trying to rely on their experienced and uh, large wide receivers. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to say that that's going to be the strongest part of their offense for this game, but they have two receiver, uh, returning receivers experienced uh, tall, both six foot four. So you're talking about somebody's going to have a mismatch, uh, mismatch on them. Uh, Miles Boykin and Chase Clay, Claypool. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're going to be a little bit of trouble, but even with putting smaller defensive players on them, I, I mean, it's not like you're talking about six foot seven, six foot six. Um, I, I still think the smaller defender can, uh, get to them, especially with the defensive line that we have that they'll be able to put pressure on the quarterback. And as you, uh, already stated, Wimbush is not a very accurate quarterback. His yeah. uh, uh, his strong suit is being able to mess with you with being a mobile quarterback. Uh, last year, he didn't even count for fifty percent completion rating. Right. So yeah. um, I think they're going to try. I, I, I I've read this too, and so it's not like I'm throwing in earth shattering news here, but um, they're most likely going to use both quarterbacks because um, right. they have their other quarterback. Where I put it. Uh, Ian Book. Well, remember, you have to remember his Wimbush was uh, benched in that Citrus Bowl. Yeah. For and, Book. Yeah, so. and Book came in and he won it. Yeah, you're now, right. Now, well, Wimbush. Wimbush did. Remember, Wimbush is similar, where kind of similar to Michigan, where they he, he started off very, very strong for the Irish, and then he kind of petered out, like you're talking about in November, where, you know, he did real well. And then at the end, a couple couple games at the end just didn't do very well so much like our quarterbacks yeah Wimbush is uh uh, the starter for the game Mm -hmm. but totally expect to see Ian Book uh especially if the running game is uh if the Michigan defense can limit the running game for Notre Dame because if they limit Wimbush and his mobility and the running backs are not doing anything for the offense, then they're going to really have to go to that experienced uh, receiving core. And so that, I think, is what they're going to look for. So I'm having a hard time thinking what they might have the most success with. Honestly, if they get into range, it's probably going to be their kicker. Um, He's been a really uh, good asset for them. Um, I think he was 80% last year. Um, but he's, uh, he's kind of an anchor for their team. So honestly, he might be the, uh, MVP for scoring for their team, depending on how things go. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I would say look for them. I Maybe their most success being their wide receiver core, but I think the Michigan defense will be able to shut them down. Uh, on the defensive – oh, go ahead. Did you say something? No, I was just saying, you know, remember Wimbush is – I mean, the guy, he almost ran for 1,000 yards on his own. <laughs> so he had 14 touchdowns. That's pretty incredible. In fact, I think that's a record-breaking at Notre Dame. But, you know, that tells you they – you know, when he – when he's running and he's gunning and, you know, that kind of gets people on their toes. And that's the thing that Michigan has always struggled with. That's why, and he's, and Winbush is super fast. The guy can fly. So that's why I always worry about a guy like that, you know, where he can trick you into like you were saying, getting the, uh, you think he's going to move and then he kind of stops on the dime and then he can throw and he gets the receivers open. That's really cool. But you know, Winbush is, you know, he's missing, the running back was a Josh Adams. The guy was a threat in the backfield. So you never knew if he was getting the ball or Josh Adams was getting the ball. So that, and since Josh Adams is now, he's gone, he's drafted. So it's gets to a point where you start saying, Hmm, you know, Winbush might not have that threat like he had last year. So, you know, that's going to, you're going to, we're going to need some spies on him. Yeah. If, um, if Dexter does not play, I really think that Michigan is going to shut him down because they'll probably go ahead and just go all in on, hey, he's going to try to keep the ball uh, anytime it's a, a running play. Don't even try to go for the fake of a handoff to the running back. Just go after the quarterback. Um, here's one thing, though, that I hope that Michigan does because uh, we do play an aggressive defense. But I do hope uh, with mobile quarterbacks, especially with this game, that sometimes it's just contained. Keep him in the pocket because you have a good secondary that can cover the receivers, even though there might be a mismatch at some point, but contain, don't get behind him because if you get behind him and he takes off, you're not going to catch up to him. Um, So hopefully it's containing, uh, cause him some stress and everything, cause him to throw on the move or something. Don't, uh, don't get uh, a big thing. And I remember seeing it and it happens sometimes. Uh, don't get behind him uh, too far and everything. And uh, I, I think they'll be able to work it out. I really, I really do anticipate that you're going to see both quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, honestly, I'll probably say that uh, book is probably going to be the more successful one. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's kind of tough to say because then when Book's in the game, then you don't really have to worry about him being mobile all that much anymore. So, <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Right. That's so, probably why they're using him. That's probably why they went with Winbush. So. Yeah. See, because he had success in the beginning of the year, and, you know, maybe they can he can use his legs. That causes Michigan some fits, you know. We've had some issues there, and I think that's what Brian Kelly thinks, so. Um, um, so those are some factors and some things that they need, uh, to talk about how, um, I talked about a little bit, but how do you think that Michigan is going to attack this? What, what, what do you, what do you anticipate? Do you expect more of a, uh, running approach, passing approach, you know, go all in on Shane, you know, I mean, nobody, uh, yeah, he was at Ole Miss, but nobody's had experience with him in Michigan, so they have absolutely really nothing to base off of because you know Harbaugh is going to do his own thing and work to the strengths of the players. So. Well, Shea Patterson, you know, 
2,200 yards over 2,200 yards passing. And, you know, his, he's got the 63% completion rating. So, I mean, that's pretty good. So I say he's got game experience and I think he's chomping at the bit, but you know, I might be a little bit different than everyone else. I think, and I, Rashawn was mentioning that, that uh, he always, he was talking about, and you just mentioned that uh, relying on the running game. I actually think we're going to come out passing the ball. And I think I always thought passing the ball always opens up running lanes for people. And I think Higgins can have a big game if we can pass the ball and get a lot of guys on the flat. You get uh, Nico Collins. It's just a matchup nightmare. I mean, the guy's six five. Uh, you got to give him the ball. Gentry sitting at six eight. I mean, and then what? McKeon is like what six five, something like that. And it's just you got size all over there. And and of course, then you got uh, Shea Patterson, who who's pretty good uh, mobile quarterback, can throw on the run um, if the pocket breaks down. And so, but um, you, you have to think about this. For a second, if you can, Michigan can get just a, even a second or two better at blocking in the passing game. I'm I'm guarantee you, Michigan's going to do so well in this game if they can do that. That's the point: is trying to get that offensive line working. I think that's what Michigan fans are going to watch in this game. How is our offensive line going to block in the passing game? The running game, I'm not too worried about because you think about it. What did Higdon? He ran for almost a thousand yards. He had uh, six yards per carry, averaged. That's great, and he scored eleven touchdowns. So, I think if you can get the passing game going, that's a, and that's a threat. You got to have that the passing game be a threat in order to get the running game going. And if that doesn't happen, you're just going to see Notre Dame, like you're talking about. They have a great defense, and they're going to come in. They're going to start stacking the box and just moving the guys up if we have no threat. And I think Shea Patterson has that swagger about him, and I think he's got some something about him. He's got that winning attitude, you know? I think you noticed that, too. He's got that, I want to win. And then the other guys, on the other hand, mm, it seemed like the body posture wasn't there. They didn't have that swagger about them, about beating a team like this. Um, so, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I think Shea Patterson is going to be huge um, game changer from, and we've, we've talked about a little bit, but just the attitude and the leadership from a quarterback. Um, Sure. Our previous quarterbacks, you know, they may have been good guys. They may have been, you know, smart and everything like that, but that confidence, that leadership, um, I think, and of course this is just, you know, my opinion and everything. I have nothing close with the team and everything. I wish I could tell you that I know some with this, but from watching the, uh, uh, watching the documentary from last season and just seeing what people are saying about Shea Patterson, I feel like Shea Patterson is more of a teachable quarterback and a better learner. Maybe might be a good way to phrase it. Um, and is just going to be more aggressive, uh, which you need from a quarterback. Right. Um, you need the- talking like it, to me. It sounds like you're saying Shea Patterson. If you think about it, you take Wilton's bait, a corn, and even Peters in some respect. You take that and you say you take those three guys and you say, what do you do through adversity? What do you do through 
when things don't seem to be working out at the moment. We saw Peters with South Carolina, how he had a tough time. <laughs> he had the game in his hand, and he kind of looked, his body posture was terrible. He had a corn, same thing. He had Wilton Spate kind of had that body posture where do you really think that they're going to come out and win this game, you know, with a minute left or two minutes left? And if, to, to me, it seems like if Shea threw, Shea has that Jake Rudock in a bottom. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah, I might have thrown two interceptions, but I'm going to win this game. And that's what I feel like he's got, that it about him. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's basically what I'm getting at. And I, I, I don't know if I would necessarily say he has um, – uh, that I would compare him directly to Jake Rudock, but out of the recent Michigan quarterbacks, uh, I would, mm-hmm. I would say that. Yeah. So um, I kind of want to pull up something here. Let me see. Uh, so that actually presents a, an interesting question for me thinking about that. Uh, so Shea Patterson last year uh, only played six games, right? Six, seven. Anyways, um, he had 63.8% completion, uh, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, Jake Rudock and Michigan, 64% completion, uh, 20 touchdowns nine interceptions, but he yeah. played the whole season. Right. Uh, I was going to kind of ask the question, so do you think that Shea Patterson is going to have a better season than Jake Rudock? But I really kind of have the feeling that it's going to be pretty evident that uh, he probably will. Yeah, I think so, too. I think and, you will. Only barring any injury, right. Yeah, and everybody remembers how amazing and how great we thought Jake Rudak had for a season. So um, if he can outperform Jake Rudak, and we saw the success that we had that year, and we had some struggles at some different areas and everything, and our defense is better than that that year, and our offensive line should be better than that year, and our running uh, back core should be better than, than that year, the, wide rec- the receiving core is probably not going to be better in my own opinion. I mean, come on. He had Chesson and uh, Jake, Butt and uh, who am I I missing? Darbo. Darbo. Thank you. And all them. So uh, there's probably not really an advantage there necessarily at that specific position. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, I would probably say now as a prediction that he'll have a better, um, yeah, there's so many weapons like you're talking about. This this team has already it's it's got games under their belt, and they just got so much talent, man. And like you're talking about in every position, and it might just be at the part where we're just talking about the offensive line might be. You know, I think they're going to be great. I think they're going to do so much better than last year. Um, it's just, you know, at certain key positions, tackle position that you kind of go, oh, you know, that right side, you know, to see what happens there. Um, but like you said, it's like, we got so many veterans going on here, you know, in this in this team and and so much mismatch problems. And I think if Michigan and I like with Ed Warner is they're literally taking 
how he's taking the playbook almost and saying, what the heck are we doing a thousand plays here when we're going to simplify this thing like we were talking about is, man, if you can't even do the simplest of plays and get those down, why are you going, you know, digging into the playbook and trying to dig up a thousand more? It's just ridiculous. Keep it simple. Do what you do best. And like you're saying, stretch that ball, you know, get that ball, throw the ball more than 10 yards than we were. Get that ball, spread it, spread the secondary out, and then get Higdon getting some holes, and man, he's gone. And then you throw in Evans in there, and he's got, you know, a change of pace back. Its team is going to be really hard to beat. And I think what you're going to see in the very beginning is what Michigan does right out of the gate. You know what I mean? And where to see where it goes. I'd like to see some passes happen in the beginning. That'd just be me. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, too, that Shea Patterson is going to be able to read things better than any yeah. quarterback we have seen play for Michigan since Jake Rudak left. Yeah, well, I agree, too. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's it's been a while. Yeah. So it's not even just the perf- like how, how well he plays uh, as far as like passing and connecting with receivers and everything. I think he'll be able to read it better because we've talked, uh, we talked throughout last year, we talked to the year even previous to that, how – um, quarterbacks were staring down receivers yeah, uh, and other things too, where I think that Shea Patterson, and you see it from some of the highlights. Now, of course, they're highlights, so you're seeing some of the best things, not some of the worst things. Um, but from some of the highlights from his uh, performance last year where he was all over the place, that's why his pocket presence is good and he's able to scramble because he's buying time because he's watching the field. He's not watching a receiver. He's watching the field. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that's what I see. I see Higdon having a great day. Now, let talk about what you think. What do you expect from seeing from Michigan's defense? I mean, the probably one of the top two defenses in the country, I think. And what do you expect? I mean, that this this defense looks sick. I mean, it really does. Yeah. No. It. Um. Super excited about the defense. Obviously, people may have heard about how uh, Rashawn Gary was a little limited in practice the other day. Right. Um, the, the people are saying there shouldn't be any worry about it. I mean, things will happen where people don't practice super hard. I'm not too worried about it. I mean, what? That was Sunday. Next, that's almost going to be a week before the game. If it was something serious, he wouldn't have been in pads. If it was something serious, it would have been talked. It uh, would probably would have been talked about more because he probably wouldn't have been playing at all. Um, so I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, just hopefully during the game, it doesn't get made worse, whatever the situation is. Um, but yeah, just the linebackers, the defensive line, defensive ends, uh, the safeties and everything, uh, a lot to like there. Uh, yeah. I mean, Notre Dame lost a lot to the draft, by the way, they're kind of similar to, um, I mean, we didn't lose a lot, but I'm saying we hit, they're pretty. They have some newbies getting in there on the offensive line. So yeah, yeah, the, offensively, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, they're they're returning a good uh, portion of their defense and everything, so they've got experience there. Um, I, but I mean, it's good defense for them. Honestly, I don't think that they're going to be able to do what the Michigan defense is going to do. Oh yeah. Uh, so especially with the offensive weapons that Michigan has now. And if the offensive line for Michigan is, 
just simply improved and stable. And you heard about the things too, where some of the offensive linemen have talked about how they've simplified things. And it's just like, we, we talked about that last year. It's like, (laughs) keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Make it simple. Do a few things really, really well. And then expand on that. And that, that was obviously not what they did last year. So with them talking about simplifying it this year, that makes me really comfortable on top of the strength and conditioning and the shape that these guys are in. So I think that there is going to be improvement by the offensive line. I don't know if we're going to be talking about them being like the best. um, There's just so many weapons that this Notre Dame offense is going to have to account for because you, like you're talking about Sean Gary, he's just he's so quick off the snap and he's so super fast. He's got I mean, his college football instincts are just sick and he's just gonna he's gonna go you know, he's gonna be great in the NFL. But and then if if you account for him on his own, you got Chase Winovich just chomping at the bit to to kill somebody. And I love it because they're gonna be he's gonna be I mean, he had a great year. And then you got Bush sitting there, who's lightning. I mean, they got so many things to worry about. And like you said, that's why you hear a lot of people saying, man, I don't know if Notre Dame's going to score a point. I'm like, <clears throat> well, I'm not going to give that. But I'm saying this defense is just crazy. The, like we we're talking about the safeties. We got Long. We got Hill. But the only part I would say that maybe Notre Dame's going to exploit is if – Wimbush can get any kind of breathing room, any kind of like rolling out of the pocket, and he sees a little crease that he can bolt through. Then you have to account for our linebackers getting to him. And if he gets through that, then you're going to have to worry about the safeties and things like that to get to him. And, you know, those were kind of our weakness last year. That would be the only weakness I would say Michigan has is at that safety position. And I think they're much improved since, you know, they didn't have a good game against the South Carolina, but that would be my thing is, is they're going to have a hard time getting through. <laughs> yeah. No, if here, so yeah, there's going to be a lot on Winbush. Um, yeah. This is the thing that uh, I hope to see for Michigan is that if they flush him out of the pocket, that's fast. Yeah. Cause if, right. if the play is extended, the defense is going to be stretched out. And then Wimbush is going to go and he's going to have more of an open field to work with. So if they're going to force him out of the pocket, do it right away. Yeah. You, do get, you hate that when they over pursue, you know what I mean? When the defensive line over pursues somebody like him, I mean, yeah. when you over pursue, like you're talking about, he gets out there and it's just, he's too fast that he just blows by these guys. You know, even as fast as they are is when you over pursue, you get it, you get your momentum your uh carries you and then he's gone. So that's what I worry about. A little bit of that. We get too sack happy <laughs> and then you're over pursuing and then he's gone. So Yeah, well if it, if things happen fast, then you still should have some of your uh secondary or safeties and things like that in close proximity to the line of scrimmage so that if if he pops out really quickly somebody can be there to help cover it. But if it's a extended play and everything, and you have receivers running down the field, you're pulling your defense down the field. Yeah. Oh, there's, yeah. there's like an open 10 yards. You wait where, bite. Right. Yeah. Where if the defensive line doesn't catch him, then he's gone for who knows how far. So really hoping to see something with that. So, um, 
Uh, overall, I think that it just seems, and now, of course, we know more about the Michigan team than the Notre Dame team, but it just seems like Michigan has, uh, let's go ahead and, you know, give it the benefit of the doubt. Let's just call the defense a wash. You know, they've got a good defense. We've got right. a good defense. Okay. Whoop-de-whoop. So now we're comparing the offenses. I don't see the only thing uh, position at that that they win or they could win is the wide receivers, but they don't have the quarterback in Wimbush to use the wide receivers to their full potential, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So right. then they would have to switch to book, but then you don't have the mobility from him. You don't have the, uh, you don't have good experience from the running backs. Their offensive line is uh, not what it was a year ago. Uh, they've got some good tight ends, so they've got some experience there and everything. But I just think um, that if you want to go ahead and break it down, basic defense, go ahead and wash them. But offense, there's just more upside to Michigan yeah. that they I, have to account for compared to the Michigan defense trying to take on the Notre Dame offense. Yeah, no, you're right. And they got to account for that. And then they got to account for the the tight end usage and gentry you know you were you and i were talking about earlier with mckeon and just i mean they and remember mckeon always make sure make his name right but it's mckeon or whatever he it's mckeon like, mckeon there we go it's not uh-huh. spelled that way but that's how it sounds <laughs> right <laughs> um i mean he almost accounted for half the uh points scored through the air last year I think he had like four, three or four. I think he had three, but that's almost half of it. So, I mean, that right there tells you that the passing game is definitely going to have to step it up. It, it, it can't get any worse, right? I mean, you can't. So yeah. you, you can only get any better. I mean, and I see just way, like you're talking, way too many weapons, way too many things. You got Nico Collins just to – I mean, what I do is I'm going to see what he does because if he starts becoming – the matchup nightmare or they're going to like, they're going to, the defense is going to be watching um, Donovan Peoples Jones and, but yet they're going to leave Nico. And if Nico gets all the catches and he's just too big, he's mismatch problem, then DPJ is going to have the run ramp. It, it's just, they're going to, man, it's going to be interesting to see what Shea Patterson favors and then you got Perry, who's actually one I think is a great slot guy. Um, I think he does a great job of where he's at his, his position. He hasn't lost that position, so he's really good at it. Um, he's been doing it for years, so I think he's solid if things break down. Like we're talking about, what happens when the uh, offensive line and you know the routes are stopped at the at the beginning? You got Grant Perry there to, at the slot, easy slot, dump pass just in case for five yards. So. Yeah, no, for sure. And actually, you're kind of getting into something that we're going to talk about here, because I don't know if you remember, Craig, it's been a long time, but do you remember what time it is? I missed that sound. (laughs) It is time for lock it or dump it. Oh, man. It has been a long time. Yeah, it has. So get some uh, get some hype going for that. It's back. I know we've got our cheesy name for it, but locker locker lock dump it. Basically, your uh, your generic uh, 
oh, what is it? What are some of the other ones that they call? Uh, love it or shove it or uh, um, crap. Now I can't remember. Anyways, whatever. So I've got a couple questions here that we're going to go through that we're going to answer. Okay. And uh, it'll be kind of interesting. I almost forgot it myself. Um, yeah, it's but, been that long. Right. Yeah, so here you go. All right. Okay. Here's the first one. All right. The Michigan tight ends will have more receptions than the wide receivers. Mm, boy, that's a good question. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. Because hmm. they lost Tariq Black. Right. The the yeah. tight ends have a really hard. Uh, they're really good core guys. They they yep. were the, they were the stars last year, man. Well, yep, yep. You got Eubanks can go in there, right? Yeah, and Gentry and like you were saying, McCune are yep. are on it. They were on it last year. So now yep. that you've got DPJ, you've got um, Nico Collins, Greg right. Perry, like you were talking about. Are they going to be able to outdo the tight ends or not? I'm going to say no. I'm going to give it to the receivers this time. All right. Interesting. So, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, I uh, I was pretty happy with that. I, I, I like going for, you know, the not typical route. So I was happy to do that. I'm actually going to go ahead. I'll lock that. So locking that up there, I will go ahead and take that, that there will be more receptions. There'll be uh, there'll be more yards, in my opinion, easily by the wide receiver core. But as far as receptions, I'm going to go with the tight ends. I, You know, Harbaugh loves his tight ends, and I think, you know, with the first, first game of the season against Notre Dame, he loves his tight ends. He's going to use them. They're going to show up for that game. So here's the second one. Uh, Michigan will have more passing touchdowns than rushing touchdowns. Mm, nice. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to lock that, man. Okay. Yeah. No, I know. I know it's weird from last year and the year. But, you know, I'm, I'm believing in the kid, man. <laughs> believing in, in, you know in the Shea man. Well, you know what? This is a really tough one. You know why? Because of the very fact is I actually think Shea's going to run one in. I know. I know. I'm accounting That's for that. Why, all right, I'm I'm done. Dump that. Oh. I, I do. I think Shea's gonna get open. He'll be, let's say he's at the ten yard line, and you know he's just gonna. I think he'll run one in. I do. So. So that's a double dump then. Dang double it. Because yeah. I, I was dumping that too. You okay. switched it up on me, man. We were gonna be uh, opposites yeah. for the two questions in a row. I know. But, yeah. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. Be that way. Um, okay. Uh, last one here. Michigan will win the turnover margin. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lock it. Yep. All right. I I am also uh, locking that one up because uh, I think like, you get quarterback like Wimbush, you know, who likes to. He's bound to get. He's going to get hit and he's going to fumble the ball. I think there's going to be multiple fumbles by him. Something, you know, and then. They might have to pull them or something, but yeah. Yeah. Too much pressure. Yeah, too much. Too much. Too much pressure from this defense, man. This defense is just going to roll. Yeah. I've got to find, I've got to find more. So I, and I apologize. It just happened way too fast. And with me trying to move and everything, get ready to move. I wanted some new sounds. I didn't have it. We'll work on it. Don't, Yeah. don't, uh, don't worry. Well, we've still got some of the good ones, you know, like, 
good old Ric Flair in there. Um, but no. uh, so, yeah, more more sounds will come eventually. Don't worry. So that completes that. We want to get our voicemails here. This is going to be a long episode, but we're all good with that. It's the beginning. It's hype. We can spend yeah. some extra time. All right. So we've got two voicemails that we're going to listen to. And then we're going to get into our final thoughts, final predictions. And, uh, yeah, wrap it up. Because before you know it, it's going to be game day. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Where are we at here? First, so we've got two voicemails from listeners with their predictions. There were a couple other ones. Again, I apologize for the issues and the errors. I'm going to actually work with some people to try to test it um, between now and probably Saturday night to hopefully ensure that we have it working so that people can Because I know some people call right after the game. So, all right, here we go. Okay, here we go. Here's Here's the first voicemail for this. Hi, guys. It's uh, good old Jim P. again. Uh, the Jim P. Uh, L9 on our good old Twitter. And I'm going to say Michigan 24, the Irish 14. I'm going to say that the Irish score a quick one with this dual-threat quarterback they have. And once the adjustments get made, his ass gets steep, sorry, but gets shut down. And uh, on that note, I'm – been a busy Monday so far. I've been deleting tweets and ordering toys, and I may um, I may end up goofing around with, with somebody in the office before it's over. So I mean, it you know how it is, and um, I got to go to the barber shop and maybe get a tattoo while I'm at it. <laughs> Thanks for taking my call, fellas, and go blue. Um, <laughs> nice, nicely done there, Jim. Appreciate the call. Nice dig. Love it. <laughs> Appreciate the prediction there. So I, I, I wrote that down. Jim P with Michigan scoring 24 and Notre Dame 14, the 10 point victory yeah. uh, for the Wolverines. Uh, and then we got, you know, one- I think the thing is it might be a little bit different, but it's because it's such a hostile crowd and Notre Dame's always tough. The fan base, you know, is always right on. So that might be why people are giving Notre Dame a little bit more. Yeah. They deserve maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So here we go. Here's another voicemail then. What's up, man? It's Stephen Brown. I ain't going to make this long. All you Michigan fans, first of all, that's talking about the season's over because Tariq Black went down. Find another team. Michigan 34, Notre Dame 7. Go blue. Yeah. 34-7. Wow. Yeah. Like that. Man, I like the sound of that. Yeah, I, I could be down for that. Yeah. So we appreciate those phone calls. We appreciate those prediction, guys. Uh, and by all means, again, reminder: if you guys want to call after the next after the game and share your thoughts, by all He's, means, do you so. You know what the question should have been is: Is Brian Kelly gonna like blow a blood blood vessel? Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or is or is there gonna be a uh, uh, ejection or something or whatnot. Um, so, okay. Well, we're also getting to the point. We, we, we have not heard this in a while. Oh man. I lost my soundboard. Stupid. iPad went to sleep. All right. We haven't heard this in a while, man. So it's going to yeah. be good to get this going. Yeah. Get that little background going. All right. This is it. 
This is game week. This is game one. It's a rivalry game. On the road, ranked team. Michigan has not been a uh, ranked opponent on the road since I don't even know when. What was it? What was it? Some crazy 2003, 2006, 2000. Yeah, something. Uh, it's been a long time, man. Definitely. Well, yeah. This is a rival, man. Yes, and and it's a good one. This has been a rival a long time. So. Now here's another thing too. Michigan in all the night games. There have been five night games at, at South Bend. Michigan has lost every single one of them. These yeah. are going back to uh, gosh, I, I can't remember exactly how far, but. Uh, Michigan has lost every night row game, or every row game, or yes, sorry, night row game at Notre Dame, own five. I think that has nothing, no implication on this game. But anyways, and then uh, Harbaugh's first game as a head coach in this rivalry. So keep that in mind as well. Craig, we'll start with you. You can give your predictions and everything. Share your thoughts of kind of how things are going to go down. And then give us your final score prediction. And oh, uh, by the way, reminder: Michigan is the underdog, getting one and a half points, with the over/under being forty-six and a half. Yeah, I think getting that is that given Michigan be different, but they're giving the fans a lot. But uh, I'd say michigan's gonna come out you know i think both teams are gonna kind of come out feel each other out and figure out what they're gonna do and i think it's gonna then you can start seeing fireworks i think michigan's gonna get their groove i think notre dame will have their moments because of Wimbush and being his speedy and and mobile and and he knows you know he'll be tough for michigan at times but I think Michigan's defense is just too too much. I think our offensive line is going to be improved. I think our running games, obviously, with Higdon, it's great. Jay Patterson under the gun, and he's got the swag. I think he just has a confidence to get it done, unlike some of the other quarterbacks we've had in a long time. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see what uh, Nico Collins does, uh, DP. Jay does and on uh, tight ends. So I'm going to give Michigan 34 and I'm giving Notre Dame 17. All right. 34, 17. Yep. Okay. So that is under. Yep. That is going to be the under on that. So type that in so that I don't lose it. All right. Well, yes, <clears throat> it is the first game of the season. I have a love-hate relationship with the first game of the season because I love it, but I also hate it because we have nothing to base this off of. <clears throat> but I agree with you that the Michigan defense is just going to be too much to handle. Uh, I I don't really have much of a doubt that Michigan is going to walk away out of South Bend with the victory. It is going to be a little bit tough talking about the score. <sighs> I think Shea Patterson is just going to bring a huge dynamic to the team. I think he's going to have, um, uh, you know, his mobility, uh, his ability to, to pass uh, the running game that has been good for Michigan, the produ productivity on the offensive line. I think the offense is going to find success because we actually have options to use this year, which is fantastic. So I think that uh, the defense will do well and actually hold Notre Dame to uh, only one touchdown and uh, Michigan will go ahead and tally up a few of their own, though, on Notre Dame's defense. I'm going to go with a final of Michigan 27, Notre Dame 13. 
Wow. Okay. So yeah. that that's it. You heard it. You heard it here. That's what I'm going with. So, yeah. but uh, we I also. If, I wonder if that line dropped because of Tariq Black being out. So. Uh yeah, that's that's kind of an interesting thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's so w- with that change, it's so subtle from being oh. a one and a half point favorite to a one and a half point underdog. It's like the small. Oh, I mean, other than being a half point favorite and a half point underdog, which I don't even think they do that. I don't know if I've ever seen a ha- just a half point. It's either one or one and a half. I think this is the smallest margin you could possibly change. Right, right, right. So, exactly. but uh, but yeah, there you go. So, Craig with twenty four seventeen, me going in with twenty seven thirteen. I'm thirty four seventeen. Oh, thirty four. I'm sorry. Thank you. Sorry. Yep. Good thing got that clarified. Sorry, thirty four seventeen to twenty seven thirteen. We have one more thing to do because we also do this. Uh, we're we're gonna have to figure it out, and maybe fans can kind of give us uh, an idea of what we can do. We've never done. We need to do it this year. We need to have a winner and a loser, and some kind of like. You know, the winner gets something or the loser has to do probably more so the loser has to do something that they don't want to do. Um, right. So we have what we have here is we have um, uh, we keep track of the. Uh, a couple things and everything, and I'll have to break it all down and on everything that we keep track of. But essentially, at the end of the year, somebody gets more right answers and somebody doesn't. So we need your guys' help to figure out what the loser should have to do within reason. Also, remember, we do not have, like, a spending budget um, really <laughs> to do uh, something impressive. But uh, is, share us your ideas sometime, uh, and we'll, we'll check it out, and we'll come up with something sooner rather than later. Because if we wait too long, then we're gonna, we might have a decent idea who's got the lead, and, you know, that might impact uh, what we – support and don't support so something else that we do though is the spreads for the big 10 games and we both pick one so i'm going to run down this list here real quick minnesota is a 21 and a half point favorite playing new mexico at home purdue is a one point favorite at home against northwestern so big 10 matchup starting right there week one michigan state is a 23-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Utah State. Wisconsin is a 35-and-a-half-point favorite uh, at home against Western Kentucky. Ohio State is a 38-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Oregon State. Maryland is an underdog at home against Texas. They're the underdog by 13-and-a-half points. Illinois, the favorite at home by 16 and a half points against Kent State. Rutgers at home, 16 and a half point favorite versus Texas State. And then we have Iowa at home, only the 10 point favorite against Northern Illinois. Penn State at home, 23 and a half point favorite versus Appalachian State. Indiana, nine and a half point favorite at home against FIU. And then last of all, Nebraska, 26 point favorite versus Akron. Yeah. So what uh, do you, you have one of those that you want to pick? Hmm. Little Texas and Maryland. 
He won Texas and Maryland. Yeah. So, um, so you're going to gamble that Texas is going to beat them by 14 points or more. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they're. You know, Durkin is still on administrative leave, isn't he? So, yes. Coach and. Yeah, and and the player, the death of that player is just—it's sad and terrible all all around. And just I think there's a lot of issues going on with Maryland, and then Texas is starting up up and coming. I think they get and they get a new coach now, and um, I think Texas has always recruited pretty well, and they got good players. So, and yeah, I think Texas got a pretty good team. So, yeah. um, even though Maryland, I think beat them last year. Maryland's the one that shocked them. <laughs> yeah, yep, they did. So, yeah, so. first game of the year. But I think this time, I think Texas, Texas is saying, no, not this year. We're going to beat you. So, yeah, I'm yeah. having a hard time because some of these spreads. I really want to kind of go Iowa because I feel like Iowa can easily beat Northern Illinois. Right. Um, but Northern Illinois likes to mess with people. Um, I like Indiana, except for they didn't. I feel like they suspended somebody. Um, They did, right? Yeah, so maybe I don't know. And then Illinois and Rutgers are just too big of question marks for me to take that. Right. Yep. Yeah, Lovey Smith. Right. There's so much weighing on this. There's going to be consequences this year. (laughs) Um, I'll go ahead and I will take. Dang it, why do you guys have to have such big spreads? I hate you guys. Um, I'll take Iowa versus Northern Illinois. Okay. Uh, I'll say that Iowa is going to cover the 10-point spread. Right. So we'll see how those turn out. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've got those in the books. I've got those written down, keeping track of those. Got the lock and, oh, yeah, lock and dump. Don't forget, we have to keep track of those as well. Um, And I think that's it. Gosh, we've got a longer episode this week, but good stuff. We'll be doing our recap episode that should be coming out Monday then, and then we'll be scheduling it so that we try to get the preview episodes done and out by the latest, hopefully Thursdays each week. So it should be a recap episode each week on Mondays and a preview episode on Thursdays. Yeah, good stuff. So. Good, good stuff. So thank you guys for tuning in. We yeah. do uh, always appreciate it. Thank you again, Stephen, for uh, kind of shouting us out and everything. Well, we appreciate yeah, that. He, yeah, Jim P has. I mean, he does a good job. I mean, we got some great. They always give us a good shout out like he said we don't do it we do it for free we just do it because we have fun and we're just we have a good time at it yeah and we have um we have great listeners and you guys we have other people that talk about us on social media we appreciate it i can't remember the names offhand uh some uh twitter handles this week that have been talking about us we appreciate that for supporting and promoting us um do we'll say this quickly i've got to figure it out again um we and just like you said, you know, we do this for fun. So we're uh, so by me saying this, I'm not saying this to make it from a lucrative standpoint, but from the aspect of trying to keep things going because things just do add up. Uh, costs of uh, equipment, also costs of hosting these things online and everything. Um, 
there will be some information if anybody does want to support for my financial side. I've got to figure that out again. There's a way to do it. We've had a couple people that have been uh, uh, that have gone that route before, so I always try to plug that in every once in a while to let people know that that is out there and how they can do that. But uh, if you do want to call, because that is a huge part of it, like we say, real talk, real fans, we want you guys to call the voicemail if you're interested in too. Um, Steven shared it earlier. I will share it with you guys now. You guys can call the voicemail anytime, anywhere. Uh, we're going to be testing it here in the next couple of days to hopefully make sure that everything works out well. Uh, but you can call 551-258-3276. It's really easy to remember because we made it 551-BLUE-BRO, B-L-U-E-B-R-O. So give a call, leave a short voicemail after the game, let us know, and we will put that in the episode next time. Uh, but I think that's it. Anything else, Craig, before we get out of here? Nope. This is a rival game, so it's big. This is, uh, yeah, I expect us to do well. So everybody have a good time. Be safe. Yes, be safe. Hope you guys have fun. If you're at the game, awesome. Hope everything goes well wherever you're watching. I hope you guys have a good time, and we will be checking with you later. We hope that you uh, guys have a quick uh, end here to the week. But enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Be safe, be smart, and enjoy the football game. Go Blue. Go Blue.